looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. These are some numbers. I actually just watched Aaron Brockovich on a plane. It's like, which number do you want? Five. That's the number of minutes that Park Chan-wook's decision to leave got as a standing ovation at Cannes. Five to six, depending on the source. That's the number of minutes of standing ovation that Top Gun Maverick got at Cannes. Five to six. six. That's the number of minutes of standing ovation that 3,000 Years of Longing got. Seven. That's the number of minutes of standing ovation that Crimes of the Future got at Cannes. Eight. That's the number of minutes of standing ovation that Triangle of Sadness during Woody Harrelson got. Twelve. That's the number of minutes of standing ovation that Baz Luhrmann's Elvis got. Zero. That's the number of times I've been to Cannes. 12 minutes. Do they just stand there? Now I'm like very much. Now I'm, I know I was debating with you the kind of logistics of a standing ovation at Cannes. But now that we're at 12 Mm -hmm. minutes for Elvis, I kind of think we're just standing there. You know, the doors are locked, you know, like they're, they're not letting us out until we stand for 12 minutes, respectfully. There is a really funny Actually, I was going to say in- unintentionally, but I think quite intentionally funny story on the New York Times written by Kyle Buchanan, who is at Can right now. It's intentionally funny. With the headline, Ask a Can Cameraman, which I keep thinking of Candace Cameron. Ask a Can <laughs> Cameraman, how do they shoot those standing ovations? What if Candace Cameron was a cameraman? <laughs> <laughs> Candace Cameron, Can Cameraman. <laughs> how many Can Cans, Can Cameron, Candace, Can Cameron, can. How many can cans can Candace Cameron do as a can cameraman? Not even do. You got to cut do. That breaks up the drama. <laughs> How many How can many cans can, cans can Candace can... Cameron's camera can at can can can? Say that again. <laughs> How many can cans can Candace Cameron's can camera can can? Don't that's ask great. why a camera is can canning, but it, wait, that's no, the but idea. a camera can can because it's like it's in the can. So you can say how many can cans <laughs> can Candace Cameron's can cameraman can? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I forgot cameraman. How many can cans can Candace Cameron's, <laughs> Cameron's can cameraman, cameraman can? <laughs> it's can cameraman. It's a cameraman at can. Exactly. How many can cans can 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 Candace Cameron's cameraman can cameraman can can? I can't even do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 
this cameraman films the standing ovations. And the story is about how it's really awkward because it's just like people clapping for a long time with the camera in their face. They Now they know it's performative. So they just like drag it out. It's really fucking annoying. Like, I bet the PR person for Elvis was like, 12, we need we need to beat eight minutes. So we're going <laughs> to, We need know. to beat, exactly. Right? He goes, according to Jean-Baptiste Corte, the cam- cameraman. Oh. <laughs> it isn't easy to be the one wielding the camera either because he's talking about how awkward the celebrities feel. And then they mentioned like when Parasite won, Bong Joon-ho famously said, I'm hungry while everyone was clapping because <laughs> it was nobody, went on so long. Nobody wants to be the first person to stop clapping. That's so stressful, especially, exactly. you know, for like a movie that is deemed important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he just talks about how like everyone hates it. He has to take the camera around and find people who are like, showing like genuine emotion yeah they're like oh, then, la, oh, oh la, yes, like they're still yes, like yes, oh yes. la lying and like talking about it in like but it's br- a skill. In, like whispered right austin butler you know saying things like austin butler so the winner of can i know that there is an actual winner of can the palm door which we'll get into i guess we could just play the call now <laughs> the person saying what is can sure hi weekly um so i was looking at a fashion vlog at some pictures from the Cannes Film Festival. Um, and I was wondering if you could explain, like, what it is and who goes there. I mean, I thought it was kind of like a prestige film festival. Um, but then I saw the Meta Top Gun there, which, I don't know, does that count as a prestige film fest? Um, and then I was also wondering... Um, yeah, just like who gets to be there. Um, I also follow um, people who, you know, cover Bollywood and like Ashwarya Rai and Deepika Padukone are there. Um, it's kind of like a big deal. They come out of big fashions. Um, but I don't really know why they're there. Um, so who gets to be there? What is it? Is it a film festival or like a fashion shoot? Tell me. Tell me all about it. All right. Thanks. Me and Grease. Crunch, crunch. Honestly, this is a great question. It is funny to be a celebrity lover and to be like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, people are just saying, like, oh, so-and-so is at Cannes. Here's a photo. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you, you know? get a lot of that at, like, high-profile celebrity events of sort of nebulous origins, like the Met Gala. It's like, wait, why do we care about this? Cannes at least has some sort of, like understandable grounding in it you'd think it's like oh where they're all there to like see the movies and promote the movies they're in but like i saw a picture of olivia colpo there what is olivia colpo doing at can she's giving herself to the can cameraman <laughs> she's clapping for 12 minutes so it is it is a movie uh festival that is it's basically what it is right it's a movie festival but it is one of the ones that defines kind of the direction of movies for the next year because it presents some that are available for purchase which is what movie festivals often do mm-hmm. therefore when those films we are need purchased, a distributor yes right then it's really defined how they're going to be released the following mm-hmm. year you know but like like every festival, I do think what's funny about Cannes is there's always the cheesy blockbuster kind of can, and then there's the artistic, the the dream, what they always wanted to be can, and you have yeah. this like balancing of what movies are. There's never has there been a Marvel movie at Cannes? I don't know. There might be soon. <laughs> I don't believe a Marvel movie has ever premiered at Cannes or done some sort of screening at Cannes. 
based on my quick little my based quick on my little one Google, Google search. Yeah. But the thing about Elvis's 12-minute standing ovation, the top prize you can win at Cannes is the Palm d'Or, the Golden Palm. Again, I took enough French to know that that means the Golden Palm. Thank you. But the only movies that could win that are the movies that are in competition. Top Gun Maverick and Elvis are not in competition for the Palm d'Or. They're there to get promo for themselves and the festival. Got it. So maybe that's how they split the difference between the kind of um, cheesy, blockbustery type movies that just want like to be acknowledged, acknowledged and kind of the movies that are actually eligible and inspired by the idea of Cannes and like what it mm-hmm. even means to like be entered there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But the Cannes, it's a, it's a film festival for, I don't know if they still do this, but it's also an advertising festival, you know, totally. like, oh, right. Totally. These things happen all at the same time. So like the week before or the week after they have a conference for big advertising winners. Well, that's very South by Southwest is like music, yeah. then it's movies, then it's mm-hmm. technology. Right. Okay. You're right. Cause you could win. You could win a Cannes Lion. Yeah. If you were an advertiser. Right. For like, for like your Coke ad or whatever. Yeah. It's it's a conference. It there it's a way for all these industries to jerk each other off yeah. publicly and drink expensive champagne. But for the purpose of promoting films, it is a good one because it is glamorous because it mm-hmm. is in the French yeah. Riviera. Oh, you have this beautiful red carpet yeah. that's famous right. and it's always right. good weather and everyone right. is like in the sun and there's a billion photographers and like right. it's beautiful. And I feel like that's something that, you know, as movies are in their struggle era, they need more places to zhuzh up the excitement, zhuzh up the excitement that is makes no sense to literally excite people for a movie like Triangle of Sadness or Crimes mm-hmm. of the Future, who are which are two movies that are arguably going to come out in, you know, 200 theaters. Sorry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like vaguely. I saw I walked by, you know, the really ugly, the really like dated screen outside BAM. Rose. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That thing has been glitching for years. Yeah. <laughs> it's been glitching for years. I kind of love it's it. Like actually, this, it's, it's like this real, like eight foot thing. square dot matrix uh, screen, sure. like LED screen with like really blurry images. And it, I mean, I that saw... thing like survived Sandy, right? Like it's fu- <laughs> it's fine. Fu- like it's fine. <laughs> I, I saw it was I, I was walking down Flatbush yesterday and I saw it in a, the very blurry image say crimes of the future Ugh, coming soon. And it I'm was so like, excited. we go with the little with the little knobs or something. And I'm I was so like, excited. Oh. <laughs> I'm scared even in this resolution. When I learned what that movie was about, I just was like that fucking rules. So cool. It's cool. Anyway, so the reason we opened with this is because Austin Butler's Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Austin Butler's Elvis, presented by <laughs> Priscilla Presley. <laughs> Was given the longest standing O of the night. Unlike any of these other movies, Elvis has a distributor and so does Top Gun because they're coming yeah. out really soon. So they don't need th- this festival. You're right. is not for them. <laughs> Wait, it's for what? Promo. Maggie Gyllenhaal is an Elvis? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no. Why does when you search Elvis cast on Google, is she? it says Maggie Gyllenhaal is Elvis. But she's not I in it. The, I think that that's not true. She's not listed on IMDb, but on Google it says Elvis stars Austin Butler, Tom Hanks, Olivia DeJonge, Dacre Montgomery, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Cody Smith-McPhee. <laughs> Wait, Cody Smith-McPhee isn't in it either. Oh, Cody Smith-McPhee is in it. Cody As... Smith-McPhee is what? Jimmy Rogers. Okay. Maggie Gyllenhaal is not in Elvis. I don't know why okay. Google thinks that Maggie Gyllenhaal is in Elvis. Point is, Elvis got the longest 
standing O, which doesn't mean nothing, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Like it it counts for something because even though the movie is getting really bad reviews in some places and really so-so reviews in other places, people are hyped for this movie. And if anything else, a can standing ovation, it's a qualitative and quantitative judgment in one. Okay, but have can... Um, has anyone done the study where the length of the standing O does that and then the review of the movie or the success of the movie after eventually do they line up I'm sure they don't <laughs> I'm sure they don't <laughs> like what's the longest standing O and did, was that movie like one of the greatest of all time you know or are we come on I just feels a little willy nilly I'd love to see some science the longest ever can standing ovation was for uh, Pan's Labyrinth and do you know how long it lasted <laughs> Which Don't is a well-regarded movie. Don't tell me over 30 minutes. Don't it, tell me. Nothing has been over 30 minutes, but we are in the 20s. Okay. The 20... number one longest standing ovation was Pan's Labyrinth, and it was 22 minutes. You know? That's ridiculous. Okay. But, like, you look at this page, and it's, like, garbage. Fahrenheit 9-11, sure, 20 minutes. That's number two. Mud, the Reese Witherspoon, Matthew McConaughey movie, oh, which God. is perfectly fine, but it's number three, 18 minutes. The Neon Demon, one of my least favorite movies of all time. Terrible movie. The Paperboy, 15 minutes. No. Funny movie, but 15 minutes standing ovation. You know, like based on the headlines you get and to a normal observer like myself, if I hear a movie got a 10 minute standing ovation at Cannes, I'm going to assume that it's a good thing. Even if I know very little about Can, it's like, oh, this movie must be good. And even if you know just now when you looked it up that standing ovations do not necessarily yeah. imply a good movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. They they want to also excite the, the you know, critics there with that standing up mm-hmm. if they're in that mm-hmm. screening, which sometimes they're actually not. Okay. Austin Butler was the cover star or just was in GQ? Cover star. Uh, GQ. Oh, incredible. Uh, Gabby wrote the profile, Gabby Paella, friend of the pod. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say, I don't know if she's a friend of the pod, but she, <laughs> I she like She retweeted her. the Who Weekly tweet, so you know what? She at least follows Who Weekly. <laughs> she wrote this profile. Um, she's written some really good profiles for them. And this one's really funny, though, because it, it gets more into his process, which I think everyone's obsessed with because his accent uh, has not gone away, the Elvis accent. Butler is still recording music for the film, so he's Mm -hmm. not quite done with Elvis yet. He's happy to have a bit more time with him. Quote, it's comforting to me now. When I get in the car, I'll go, what do I listen to? Usually I just end up popping on Elvis, he says. I've never loved somebody I've never met more than Elvis. (laughs) Where's the one where he was like, as soon as his, oh, this part. She tries to ask about his relationship with Kaya Gurr because the rumor is he and Vanessa Hudgens broke up a while ago, and now he is dating Kaya Gerber, the child of Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber, who used to be dating Jacob Alordi. Right. And now Jacob Alordi is dating OJ. Fucking <laughs> Olivia Jade Giannulli. Can you believe that? Honestly, no. Honestly, no. She bagged herself the big fish. Okay, go ahead. GQ is like, so tell us about Kaya Gerber. Do you want to talk about that? And he says, what is, I think, an incredible line. Yeah. I don't think there's anything I want to share about that, he says. But thank you for providing the space. (laughs) (laughs) You have to do it in an Elvis accent. I don't think there's anything I want to share about that. (laughs) But thank you for providing the space. I don't that know was how good. to. Was that good? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, that was good. Uh, this has nothing to do with us. <laughs> it has everything to do with us. Essentially. 
It has everything to do with he this. Also, um, he literally said, this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> so I'm quoting Gabriella here. But by the time the project wrapped in March 2021, Butler had given himself over to the role so much that his body revolted. I Quote, can't. the next day I woke up at four in the morning with excruciating pain and I was rushed to the hospital, Butler says. He was diagnosed with a virus that simulates appendicitis and spent a week bedridden. <laughs> Quote, my body just started shutting down the day after I finished uh, Elvis. I don't know. This is like, this, these are like the this. dangers of going method. Because like yeah. once the character escapes you, your body, it's like removing scaffolding from a building or something that really is going to crumble, you know, and then you take the scaffolding off and the building falls over. I feel like Gaga's being read this in her daily news updates and she's just screaming. <laughs> she's just <laughs> screaming. She's screaming. But anyway, that's the latest Austin Butler news. Still oh, a who. Great. Sorry, you're still a who. Not there do yet, sweetie. Do you think sweetie. so? I mean, I do think I, he's not definitely still a who, but I do think that this movie is going to do so much. I mean, it's like he went from being like a who with no upward momentum to being like a who that could just fall into them. A who with no upward momentum. Come oh on. Where's Butler God. even on your list? I mean, aside from dating Vanessa H- I, Come on. Like, was he even... It was always very weird that he was dating Vanessa Hudgens because Vanessa Hudgens was like so much more famous than he was. And that's barely saying anything. (laughs) I know. Well, now she's, you know, she's unstoppable. But but when he was in when he was the Manson, he was one of the Manson killer people. Oh, in a time. Yeah. Did take notice of him as a thing. But they took more notice of like Margaret Qualley because they were like a lot of kind of up-and-coming-ish people in that movie. And what's-her-face, um, the girl who plays Pamela Adlon's daughter, who was in Scream, she... Who, uh, what's oh, her, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Mickey? Mikey? Mickey Madison. Yes. I was right. Oh, my God. I'm a genius. Mickey Madison. Sorry. She plays her daughter on Better Things, but she is not actually her daughter. Sorry. She was also... I think there were a lot... I'm saying there were a lot of, like, Austin Butler types in terms of, like, category in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so thank God he's still alive after his body shut down once Elvis left his soul. And you are listening to Who's There, a weekly oh call show where we long? take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's, like, hear some calls, please. Hi, I'm calling about the vasectomy thing, which is silly, but I don't think it's a snip or a tie. What it is, it's a small cut. And the scar tissue actually blocks, like, the stuff from coming in, which is why you can, like, um, reverse it. It's not like a sever or, like, a tie. It's like a weird, like, middle thing. Uh, Good morning, Lindsay Bobby. I'm not sure why I'm greeting you so formally. Um, I am calling in because I actually have seen some ads for vasectomies in my life. Um, I used to work for a big national hospital chain. Um, let's call them the Schmiedland Schminnick. And every year in March, they do um, March Madness vasectomy deals. And, like, basically the deal with it is that they will um, give you, like, a discount on the procedure of getting a vasectomy during March Madness, the basketball season, and the purpose of this is, um, isn't it so great that now you've got a vasectomy and you have an excuse to sit on the couch and watch basketball for three weeks or however long that is? Um, 
never made sense to me. But then again, I'm not the one getting a vasectomy. I also don't know anything about basketball. Uh, crunch, crunch. Bye. That is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) So a vasectomy is not a snip or a tie. It's somewhere in the middle. That was the first caller who sounded stoned. No offense, but like perfect. But I'm glad that we weren't wrong or right. Like that's very typical. Yeah. The second one is that March is a popular month for vasectomies because it means that the men who get their vasectomies can just like use their recovery period to watch basketball. You know, women can have surgery at all times when it's not convenient, but men have to have this very specific. (laughs) I'll only do it in March. Simple surgery so they can watch basketball after. Great. All right. All right. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, First time caller, short time listener, as evidenced by how awkward that was to say. Um, Just listen to you talking about Kourtney Kardashian's wedding and saying that Pavarotti was the person who performed at their wedding, um, cackling because Pavarotti is dead and has been dead for like 15 years. Um, the person who actually sang at their wedding is Andrea Bocelli, who is like pretty famous for having a career as a like blind tenor um, and like did pretty well in the opera world. But Pavarotti is famous for being one of the three tenors who were like a huge deal in opera, the other ones being Jose Carreras and Placido Domingo. Um, but like big T in the classical music world is that uh Placido Domingo was Me Too'd in twenty nineteen and like the LA opera went into this huge investigation of sexual misconduct against him after like more than I think, like, nine women filed complaints against him for, like, inappropriate behavior that had taken place over a course of, like, 30 years. And he, like, vehemently denied it at first, of course, but then, like, within a year, like, finally took full responsibility for all of his actions and is, like, disgraced by the classical music world. So, yeah. Uh, That's your little bit of classical music drama gossip in the world. Anyways, crunch, crunch, love your show. Welcome to the podcast. A new listener who is learning that you will be correcting us occasionally. Glad you're willing to do it. So Pavarotti is dead. I'm sorry. A, I just... a, de- a dead man did not sing at Kourtney Kardashian's wedding. But wouldn't that have been cool? Mm-hmm. It would have been really cool. Yeah. If anyone's going to get a dead person to perform at their wedding, it's Kardashian. I mean, via hologram. He sang Can't Help Falling in Love. Oh, my God. He sang Elvis. Back to Elvis. Elvis Mm -hmm. is back in the building. Don't you mean Ingrid Michaelson? Isn't that her song? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Good niche joke for all the Ingrid Michaelson fans. So it was Andrea Bocelli, not Pavarotti. I'm sorry. I just, to me, that's not, you know, that same man. But that's fine. You know, one is dead and I should recognize that. That is fine. Next call. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Bobby. Um, long time, long time. Well, long time listener, many time caller. Um, what is, what is this nonsense with Liam Payne and Maya Henry? Who, for some reason, I thought Maya Henry was like the blonde chick from Girl Meets World. But I guess that's, she's like the blonde chick from Driver's License, right? Am I Henry someone else? I mean, like, clearly she is because I saw a picture. But, like, who? What? Why? Who's the girl in the picture? Do we know that? 
what's going on, y'all. Thank you. Love y'all. Crunch, crunch. I trust Timmy. I love a call like this where the caller, as the call goes on, gets less less interested in what they called about. <laughs> you know, like, and also it, like has it deeply wrong at the beginning. So <laughs> this is the girl from Driver's License. No, Maya Henry's cultural impact does not go beyond Liam Payne. Maybe her hometown, where she's like the daughter of a you know Thomas J. Henry, the name you know. The firm you trust. Thomas J. Henry. He's a fucking ambulance chaser lawyer who's all over Texas ads, especially in San Antonio. Iconically, his daughter, Maya Henry, had an uh, amazing quinceanera that everybody knows. One million dollar quinceanera. Right. And they had a gasp at a reality show. So this family's been like chasing vague fame for a while, but they're just very, very wealthy. So when Liam Payne got with Maya Henry, we were all like, LOL, that is just like so, 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 so funny. Uh, and as it turns out, it wasn't meant to last. They broke up once. They're now breaking up for the second time. He's immediately seeing with a new woman. And it's really upsetting because <laughs> she like people keep tagging her on photos of the new woman who there. I guess there was a photo without her like eyes in it, like just her mm-hmm. lips. And they were like, oh, my God, Maya and Liam are so cute. And she's like, this isn't me. Like, I don't need to see this photo. She wrote, I love all these fans so much, but please stop sending me these photos of my fiance wrapped around another woman. This is not me. And it's hard enough knowing this has happened without seeing it. Enough now. Liam is such a flop. I mean, he's not just, you know, a flop in music, but he's just a flop of a person. He's awful. He's awful. He's awful. He's awful. He really uh, does. uh, He seems awful. God, is that defamation? Literally. And then he did a literal pop walk through a... Uh, through LAX. They were spotted in Heathrow. Uh, her name is Ali Anamala. Um, they made their first public appearance in the UK weeks after One Direction star broke Ugh. off his engagement to heartbroken model Maya Henry. The photos weren't like normal airport photos that are kind of blurred and kind of like random. These were like paparazzi photos oh, at they the airport. Knew. They knew they were being photographed and she's like wrapped around him. He's wrapped yes. around her. They're very yes. casual. Like it is extremely clear that they are, to use the British phrase, loved up, you know? <laughs> I mean, if not confirmed by his ex, but yeah. yes, definitely. And she's posting Instagram after Instagram of them <laughs> cuddle, cuddling, cuddling. She posted a photo of him like doing an impression of, a character from a Guy Ritchie movie and he's like showing his abs and it's like hashtag rock and rolla one of the best movies ever it's gross but here's the thing about this woman yes her name is Aliana Mala she's American she's a model yeah you know where they met or at least encountered each other four years ago where in the video for his song with J Balvin familiar (gasps) that terrible song remember that terrible song it's like four years ago May 4th, 2018 That's is when this up. video that could have been when AKA they, they first... filmed it months before. Oh my God. That could have been when they first broke up, Liam and Maya. No, that's before. That's like right around the time they met. That's right around the time they met. <gasps> He's known this girl the whole time? The whole time. Yes. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. You would... The whole time. Yeah, this song sucks ass. It's so bad. <laughs> Remember this song? It's like, family, 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 familia. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Ew, 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 ew. Okay, stop. Okay. He's known this girl the entire time. 
The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Okay. The whole time. To make matters both worse and weirder. (laughs) My Henry, a Texas girl, has been living in London while dating Liam Payne. I guess she's formed a little life for herself. She has a best friend in Vaz Morgan, right? Vaz Morgan, best friend to everyone. This is what I love as to not be outdone by the pop walk that her ex-fiance just did. Maya Henry's like, I'm going on a pop walk of my own. I'm going to get my mom. I'm going to get fucking Vaz Va- Morgan. Vaz Morgan, who is and around. And we're going to go grocery shopping we're gonna together We're going to walk very in London. slowly down the middle of the street. And Vaz is like comforting her. The mom is sort of comforting her. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, I love it. If if you live in London long enough and you become famous enough, Vaz Morgan will show up. He will find you and he will befriend you. And I'm sure he's a very lovely person. He and must I'm sure be he's a great so friend. I know. He must be so fun. Seriously. Not to like glamorize heartbreak, but like <laughs> this is the person you want in your corner when you are suffering heartbreak yes, because you, want you can just guy. complain to him and he'll be like yes. Girl, we're going out. Girl, I'll take a pap walk Girl, with you. What do you let's need? Do a like, pap walk. I mean, we'll all wear black. You can wear a jeans with a black, like boat neck top with dark <laughs> sunglasses, and I'll wear a black jean jacket with khakis and dark sunglasses. Cargo and we'll khakis. Walk. Mm-hmm. We will walk. Oh, your mom's in town. She can come. Girly, she can come. Tell her to wear a Chanel. I love when she wears her Chanel. I will call the paparazzi. I'll make sure they're there. Don't you worry about a damn thing, girl. We're going to get you. We're going to get you in the Daily Mail. (laughs) And the story keeps getting, sorry, no offense, a little funnier. So I guess her Tesla was parked at Liam Payne's house. (laughs) Yeah, she had it picked up. And she had to get it picked up from Liam Payne's house, wherever that is, and delivered to wherever she lives in London now. Because there are photos of a Tesla being dropped off at her apartment. And it's like, she got her car delivered from Liam's house. It's no longer at Liam's house. She's not wearing the ring anymore for obvious reasons. Picture exclusive Maya Henry flashes a mystery ring. A mystery ring. A mystery ring. A mystery ring. Well, that was a while ago. What does that just mean? A ring that's not an engagement ring? Yes. The mystery ring was back last year after she had broken up with Liam Payne and then they got back together. ring is absurd. It's a new ring and it's big, but it wasn't on her wedding ring finger. I get it. what it I get what it is. I'm looking at that ring sort of thinking that ring's a mystery. <laughs> Stop. That's a mysterious ring. Well, she's holding it. Wait. Oh, because we have such a good view of her engagement ring cuz when she was engaged, she like made sure we saw it. Mhm. Anyway, that's it. So, Maya Henry and Liam Payne are through. And now Liam's dating a... And the woman is just an American model. There's really not much about her. I wish there was something more interesting about this woman, but there is not. Sure. Again, her name is Aliana Mala, and she is American, so he loves American women. Moving on. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep on other beds, I get mad. What is there else to say mad. is that I come back to my bed, and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It- I've made it's it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get, and that's the one I got, and that's the one that I love, and that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it, and now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. 
Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. So did Florence Pugh finally break up with Zach Braff? There's pictures of her and Will Poulter in Ibiza. Now, Will Poulter's a who, but are his eyebrows a them? Because you can just Google guy with eyebrows, and I think Will, Will Poulter comes up. But he was, like, definitely had a glow up. I, like, at first when I saw the pictures, I thought it was Chris Pine. And then I was like, oh, my God, what the hell was going on in the Don't Worry, Don't Worry Darling set? But apparently, because I never saw Midsommar, but they were in Midsommar together. I know Will Poulter from Maze Runner and We're the Melvins. Uh but anyway, crunch, crunch. <laughs> Wait, when you search guy with eyebrows, he's the enti- almost the entire first row of Google Images. And people also ask, who is the guy with eyebrows? The answer when you do the drop down is Will Poulter. <laughs> Wait, also, the other questions the are, first... how old is Will Poulter? H- how rich is Will Poulter? What male celebrities get their eyebrows done? And what are eyebrows? <laughs> um, the other funny thing is the first Google image result for Will Poulter is a picture of him with obviously his iconic eyebrows. And the headline is, I'm white, I'm straight, middle class male. I'm aware I take things for granted. Will Poulter for The Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of iconic. That's kind of iconic. He he lesso has these eyebrows. He has the I think it's more his forehead. He's able to do this 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 thing with his I guess it's his eyebrows, but like the <laughs> muscles under you know what I mean? He's able to They're like sign curves. <laughs> yeah. Right, he once tweeted, Am I the weird eyebrow actor? Sir, you are. You literally are. Well, he tweeted that because someone sent him weird eyebrow actor (laughs) are you the weird eyebrow actor because they googled weird eyebrow actor and he's the top photos like the caller i know him best from weird the millers which i love embarrassingly we know we know know how much you love it 
but he is in it as an American person. So because I know him from We Are the Millers, I'm always surprised to relearn that he is British. Not only is he not an American nerd as he is in We Are the Millers, he's a British hunk now because he got a Marvel movie. What I hate is that people are like, oh, he had a glow up. It's like he literally he just like starved himself and bulked up to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. He even gave an interview recently with like Men's Health and he was like, what I did was bad. Nobody should do this. Uh, superhero body transformations are unhealthy and unrealistic. I mean, we I obviously we obviously know this, but it is hard to see somebody do it and then them say, don't do this. That's exactly what like Kumail Nanjiani did too. Like they're all doing this now. Yeah, he said, I did this, but you shouldn't do this because it's not realistic for you to do this. What sucks is that the burden of like having to say this sucks is only going on this new generation of Marvel star. Like the OG Marvel stars who did it all 10, 15 years ago don't get asked questions about like their glow ups anymore. Like I Mm. guess Chris Pratt sort of did, but it's like these new ones post. He was the first. We're being more open about our bodies. Don't you think that, I mean. Chris Pratt was kind of the first. Yeah, Chris Pratt was the first and maybe not the first to do it, but the first to do it with like the attention on him having that type of like quote unquote mm-hmm. glow up where like he did it and people were obsessed with the difference between what he looked like and then like his muscle. And he never went back. Obviously he stayed, yeah. he kind of stayed crazy. He stayed looking. there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like Chris Hemsworth always had like a muscular body. Sure. It just yeah. got more muscular for Marvel. So it's right. like, it exa- got exaggerated. I still, I still think that the Marvel body, even if you look a certain muscular way beforehand, is an extreme thing that is damaging to society. (laughs) Like, I think the Marvel body is bad for us. I agree, but I think there's also something with this specific, uh, this Will Poulter thing, which is where he went from being a kid to an adult. Like, Mm -hmm. he was playing children in in We Are the Millers, right? Like, he was playing a kid, and now he's, like, a ripped... He's a man. I'm sure he has Mm -hmm. been for a while. But that's, like, kind of also, I think, part of the the shock and awe in the transformation. Mm -hmm. And there's no better, like, display of, like, all the work you've done to make yourself look like a huge hunk than hanging out in a Bitha with your friend Flo Pugh from the movie (laughs) Midsommar and kind of uh, just showing off your body, but then also, like photos of you and her like just hanging out are kind of implied to be like oh there's something more she was immediately like absolutely not like i'm hanging out with all a bunch of my friends he just happens to be there like they're trying to show a narrative that's not there which is like kind of annoying i think the reason she was so defense i have to assume the reason she was so defensive about it is because of zach braff yeah like no one cares who florence Pugh is dating unless it's somebody other than zach braff and they get to be like oh (laughs) i hope florence Pugh and zach braff are broken up like I've kind of come around to it where I'm like, if they're happy, like, come on, like, give me a break, you know? Yeah. You know what? I cried at Garden State in 2004, (laughs) please, you know? I just feel like it's been at first everyone's like LMAO what no but like Florence Florence Pugh is not like a young starlet anymore she's like a grown up person you know she can like date mm-hmm. Zach Braff right he's cheesy but like she's cheesy too exactly so she wrote <laughs> after these photos went viral and they were her in the water with him but they were very strategically cropped to make it seem like they were gallivanting alone. in the water alone she has like such Kate Hudson energy in these photos she really um, does. she's so cute i'm so happy she's, she's a, blonde again i love her as blonde she's a kate hudson gesticulator I love, like i love uh, amy i love my amy 
Sorry. Okay. Man, this is getting a little silly now. No, Will Poulter and I are not dating. We went to the beach with our friends, who were always about half a meter away from us in every picture. If you didn't know she was British, she's half a meter away from her friends. Half a meter. What is that in inches, please? (laughs) We were always about three quarters of a yard away from each other. (laughs) Thank you. But have been cleverly cut out framed so that it looks otherwise. You can literally see my best friend in the corner of so many shots and Archie's arms at the sides. I understand that the nature of this job is that you sometimes get your privacy completely bulldozed by paparazzi, but to fabricate this stuff actually does more damage than good. Thanks for saying we look sexy doesn't mean we're doing the sexy, which is a good line. Then she shows like diagrammed images of like, (laughs) see, here are my my best mates who you cut out. My other best mate, Will P, who was cropped to look like his face was on my chest. Then the photo of them walking together with them both like in their beach outfits. And she shows my my other best mate is (laughs) right next to us. Not beach outfits, bathing suits. This is my best mate, Olive, who I actually did snuggle with for two hours on this bed, which is a, like a beach bed. And then yeah. here are the boys on their bed, enjoying their private time, soaking up the sun, enjoying their no drama holiday. What's hilarious is my nipple kept popping out and I'm actually gobsmacked that they didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah. Probably can see the pop in the distance, hiding behind some poor family, waiting for the optimum time of let's make a fake relationship happen. Gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's I buy this. I'm, the photos did were... They weren't confirming anything. They were just them hanging out. And these two are friends. They did star in a movie together. If if she weren't dating anyone, she would laugh this off. But because it seems like she's still dating Zach Braff, she's like, this is disrespectful to my it real is. relationship. It is. With this man I really care for. Even my third favorite fan account, Best of Pew. Sorry, my first is Ana de Armas updates. My second, second is, is Sky Ferrer updates. updates. Yeah. My third is Best of Pew. Tweeted, stop DMing me about whether Florence and Zach are still together or not. I do not know and it's none of my business. See, even mm-hmm. when even your diehard stan accounts, although I think Best of Pew definitely met Florence Pew recently because, again, I follow them and they had a moment. I think Flo- Best of Pew has like really gotten like, I don't want to piss her off. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm staying out of this. They're like, I'm staying. I don't know if it's a. I do not know. It's none of my business. Yeah. 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 Anyways. So Will Poulter, his Marvel movie that he's going to be in is Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm -hmm. And he's also starring in. I I can't even think about it. He's starring in a Brit box original series. (laughs) Uh, As in the British TV subscription service. uh, Um, And it's called. Why didn't they ask Evans? <laughs> about what? Well, that's the whole thing. Oh. It's about a man who finds a dying man on the beach. Will Poulter finds a dying man on oh, the beach. No. And the dying man goes, why didn't they ask Evans? Oh. And he I'm has like, to figure out what that can't means. Can't you just do like a Jane Austen adaptation? Like, I don't need well, that. Well, this is an Agatha Christie adaptation. Oh. So, you know, they're, the British are Britishing. You know, like the British okay. are still Britishing. Sounds good. You know who the co-star is? Who? Yes, it's a British who... Whom Lily James. Sort of love. No, it's not one of the Jameses. It's not one of the Daisy Ridger jo- Jonesies Longies. Who we love. You love her. Charlie XCX? <laughs> no, but she'd be good in this. <laughs> I know. You love her. She's like, uh, who? She's like sort of posh, but in an unconvincing way. And she's dating someone famous. Sookie Waterhouse? No. <laughs> who? Gemma Collins. She's, she's dating an Oscar winner. A recent Oscar winner. Wait. <laughs> and she's famous. And she's forgettable. And she's sort of posh but not. And she only Wait. has two names. She's not one of three name girlies. She's a two name <laughs> British girlie. Literally, who is she? I don't. I. She's never looked the same in two subsequent photos ever in the history of her life. 
Rita Ora. <laughs> Never will I remember what she looks like. But I love her. Her initials are LB. Who? L- Lucy. Lucy. Oh, ew. Lucy. <laughs> B- Lu- Lucy Boynton. Lucy Boynton? Her? Lucy Boynton. Yeah. I couldn't even remember her. I was, hey, L- Lucy Boynton. She's playing, yes. Rami Malik's girlfriend, who is in. She's playing the character uh, yeah. Frankie Derwent. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's Will Poulter. He is not dating Flo Pugh. I do love that there's kind of a funny fandom shift where all of these people who he was kind of this underdog of celebrity love because he wasn't traditionally attractive, which is fucking bullshit. But like, whatever. Okay, people like said that he was, quote unquote, ugly or something, which he's not. People were, I guess, at one point said that. And now the now that the tide is turning, the uh, the the Poulter fans, as Timmy called them, the uh, Timmy called it a poltergeist or a poltergeist, mm-hmm. if you will. He called it a. I like poltergeist. Poltergeist. It's the poltergeist. <laughs> are saying, oh, now you like him. Oh, now you're thirsty for Will Poulter. <laughs> Gatekeeping Will Poulter like a rabid dog. None of you will ever know how it was like fighting in the trenches when he got bullied off social media. Okay, I'm sorry. I genuinely cannot believe that y'all ever tried to convince us that Will Poulter isn't insanely good looking. This person says, Tass PT2, I can't believe it's acceptable to openly thirst over Will Poulter now, but when I did it years ago, I got dragged. <laughs> uh, so funny. Also, Timmy pointed out something unbelievable that I'm Where? absolutely in love with. Oh, I see what well, you're going to be obsessed. When Will Poulter posted in 2019, like why he was leaving Twitter and yeah. like how it, it's bad for his mental health. He posted a yeah. two screenshot length, like a two screen notes length app. notes app statement. And he charged his phone to 100% before posting it. And Timmy was like, that's iconic. I think that is iconic. It is iconic because think of you only have like maybe five to eight, maybe depending on your phone, eight to 10 minutes before you get back to 99 after you charge to 100. <laughs> I know. Right? So I like know. you have to post it right or take the screenshot right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, next call. Hi, wait. I just tried to leave you a voice memo, but I guess this edible does work. So I'll play this one instead. I just saw an ad for the Kendrick Lamar tour. One of his guest artists is someone called Hannah Leone, which, as you can tell, I'm incredibly high. I read as Taya Leone, or Leone, however you say that person's name. Who is Tana Leone? And does Taya Leone know who Tana Leone is? Crunch, crunch. What? <laughs> Here's me. What? <laughs> Tana Leone is a young, like, 24-year-old rapper who is signed to Kendrick Lamar's Quite young record label. Label slash like a creative agency. We'll get there in a second. Yes. Taya Leone (laughs) is Madam Secretary and dies in a wave at the end of Deep Impact. Sorry. The Madam Secretary and David Duchovny's ex-wife. Taya Leone is, I was about to say Taya Leone is Krippendorf's tribe, but that's Jen Elfman. Oh my God. That's What is Taya Leone's other iconic movie? Oh, the the Family Man. Oh. Right? That's iconic. I don't know. Yeah, sure. So Taya Leone is not opening for Kendrick Lamar on his upcoming tour. And Taya Leone is not featured on Kendrick Lamar's new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. he's not like, she's not on like track nine. I wish. Tana Leone is. And Tana Leone is brand new. This is like his most high profile project ever. And he, as I said, he recently signed with, what is the name of this? Uh, PG, PG Lang. La- PG Lang, which stands for Program Language. And when was it launched? March 5th, 2020. 
2020. We didn't hear about it much because of the pandemic, but now we are starting to hear about it more because Kendrick is like releasing new music and going on tour and like showing off, you know, his prodigies. He launched it with Dave Free, who was his manager, still is his manager, and they mm-hmm. launched it together. And it's feeling a little bit like a golf wang type kind of we're doing a creative agency type thing. We're doing yeah. all sorts of projects. It's not just music. It's it's everything. It's, it's movies. Video. It's, it's TV. It's yes. video. It's advertising, whatever, because they these two met in high school and directed music videos together, Kendrick and Dave. So like they've and been Dave. working together for a million years. And now PG Lang is like the kind of output of their collaboration it's funny because it's one of those things where you read the description of what it is and it means it's nothing you know putting round pegs through square holes is not a process but we embrace the idea of anarchy and challenges that make us stronger pg lang is focused on using our experiences and nurturing our many collaborators to build stories that are, see, it's like all about stories that are Mm -hmm. equally accessible and engaging then fitting them within the best media but that is like the exact cadence and content you want from a bullshit mission totally, statement from totally, a creative agency. Totally. This is exactly what these things sound like. But it is funny as like music becomes less profitable or is less profitable at the point. Hopefully it'll become more profitable. Nobody wants to just start a record label anymore or like they just, it's just like we need to do like, we need to make sure that we are branded as we can do literally anything. And we have Kendrick Lamar as a power within this. So like if you want to work with Kendrick Lamar in any way, you can work with our agency. And they're already doing something that made me laugh. Kendrick Lamar, Dave Free, and South Park duo Matt Stone and Trey Parker to produce comedy penned by Vernon Chapman for Paramount. So, like, PG Lang is already producing a movie. Yeah, and did you read the synopsis of this movie? Yeah. The film penned by Vernon Chapman will see the past and present come to a head when a young black man who is interning as a slave reenactor at a living history museum discovers that his white girlfriend's ancestors once owned his. Yeah, this guy's a South Park guy, so it kind of might be in that lane of humor, Mm -hmm. but seems interesting. I don't know. So who is Tana Leone? He knows Kendrick in a weird way. The interview with him is very confusing because he's like, they're like, oh, how did you get a deal with PG Lang? Like, they don't have many artists. You're one of the first ones. And he goes, oh, I just got in contact with Dave, as in Dave Free, and showed him some music I was working on. And he was like, yeah, send me the EP when you're done. And then I sent him the EP. And then like, next thing I knew, conversation started. But then they're like, wow, what's it like working with Kendrick Lamar? Like, that's so iconic. Are y'all friends? Like, do you bounce ideas off of each other? And he goes, that's the homie. That's my big bro for real. That goes back into the family thing. We've been around each other for longer than people know. So we already have a relationship. And it was from the first day we met. Honestly, it just made sense. And it's like, well, then how did you meet? (laughs) I'm sort of like, they asked how what it's like to be close to him. And it's just like, well... I've been friends with him longer than anyone knows. And it's like, well, you have the opportunity to tell me how long you've known this person. So how long have you known this person? Anyway, I think that their backstory is much more involved than this interview makes it seem. Yes. Do you think Tana Leone knows who Taya Leone is? And then we'll ask the other way around. No. No? No. You don't think that he watched Deep Impact and was like, Deep Impact is better than Armageddon? I guess he is only 24. You know what? He doesn't know who Taya Leone is. Does Taya Leone know who Tana Leone is? No. No. Yeah, it's a double no. It's a double no. (laughs) 
While her achievements and awards may have overshadowed her personal life, Meryl Streep's fear of helicopters has been well documented. Um, from a uh, listicle of celebrity phobias from um, my new favorite website, thefamouspeople.com, it is a list of 29, <laughs> ending with Elliot Page's fear of tennis balls. I don't know why they couldn't have found one more <laughs> celebrity phobia to make it an even 30. That's fine. Um, I just, if you guys need an idea for a quiz, um, <laughs> that sounded fun. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Grateful for Sharna. Do you have a game for me, Lindsay? Well, she suggested this great game. And I was like, the thing about celebrity phobias and researching them is a phobia is quite different than something that's just a fear of something. You know what I mean? Like there's a thin line between being phobic of something, having mm -hmm. a, a deep-seated phobia and kind of like, I don't like parsley. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of these <laughs> websites that are shitty that are rounding up these celebrity quote-unquote phobias are kind of just quoting things that are like, one time a celebrity said they didn't eat chicken wings and the celebrity's like, they have a fear of chicken wings. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of like misinformation, not to be like that person. But there's a lot of misinformation going on in these websites. That being said, I am only using information from these shitty websites, okay? So I'm going to tell you what the phobia is. I'm going to give you four people that might have it, okay? Okay. This person has a fear of horses. Is it Rod Stewart, Rod Sterling, Kristen Stewart, or Kristen Bell? Mm. The thing about these phobias, it's like, you can picture any celebrity saying any of these things as a way to like sound I human. I know. And that's why this game is not that amazing, but it is just kind of funny. Is it Kristen Stewart? That is correct. Okay. I feel like there was some sort of glimmer of recognition there. I was like, I feel like I knew that Kristen Stewart didn't like horses. Yeah. So she had a fear of horses uh, from when she was a kid. I fell off a horse once and hurt myself like really badly. I broke and dislocated my elbow when I was like nine. Not really a phobia of horses, just more of a fear of horseback riding because of the danger. Yes. Of getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one is coat hangers. So stupid. Kylie Jenner, Kylie Minogue, Kris Jenner, or Danny Minogue. <laughs> This is definitely a Jenner. This is fucking Kylie Jenner. No, it's Kylie Minogue, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. That's so stupid. I don't okay. believe. There's just some, and then there's some shit that people, it's like a I friend know. I grew up with said that their first word was tortilla as like their number one fun fact about themselves. And I was like, Anna, you're a fucking liar. That's, there's no way that is true. You're and she said it all the time. <laughs> Your first word was not tortilla. <laughs> Get a grip. <laughs> Okay. Isn't that cute? Isn't that funny that my Next. first word was tortilla? <laughs> it's only going to get Liar. worse from here on. Maybe this idea, maybe this was a bad idea. Call it. No, it's a good game. <laughs> okay. Aussie pop princess Kylie Minogue has confessed to having an unusual phobia. Clothes hangers. Asked in a magazine interview what her wardrobe was like, the, the singer says she has a room in her London home where everything was laid out. The problem is, I hate putting things on hangers, Minogue told Elle. What? That's not a phobia. She just doesn't like doing it. Everything is, wait, I'm sorry. Everything is laid out, like on the ground, on the floor. That's not a phobia. The next one is revolving doors. Who's scared of revolving doors? So you can't have a phobia of revolving doors. You're just like kind of uneasy, made uneasy by them. Is it? I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried going into one. Yeah. Is it Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Broderick, Matthew Perry, or Matthew Lillard? Oh, that's so Matthew Broderick. No, it's Matthew McConaughey. Believe it or what? not. What? I know. 
Huh, okay. The McConaughey thing comes from Uberfax at Uberfax. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> is terrified of revolving doors. He gets anxious just being near them. Matthew McConaughey is scared of getting trapped in revolving doors. He once shared in an interview, quote, I don't like revolving doors, and I really don't like the blind spot when you're driving into a tunnel. <laughs> That's it. Okay, Matthew. Okay, who's uncomfortable or scared of crumbs on seats, like sitting on seats that have crumbs on them? Is it Lily Reinhardt, Lily Collins, Lily James, or Phil Collins? Phil Collins is definitely creating the crumbs. So I'm going to say that Lily Collins is scared of the crumbs that Phil Collins creates. Okay, you're, that's a good reason, but it's Lily Reinhardt who said that crumbs on seats make her uncomfortable. Okay. Is that in one of her poems? Lily Reinhardt said on Twitter, one of my biggest fears slash quirks, whatever you call it, is being stuck sitting in a seat with crumbs on it. I don't know. It's strange, but I'm on an airplane and there's crumbs everywhere. And I'm trying not to have a panic attack or throw up. I am so uncomfortable. My back is instinctively arching away from my seat. Literally just had a shiver go up my body when I told myself not to look at the ground, which is covered in crumbs. My God, somebody bring me a vacuum. Can I tell you a really quick anecdote? Yeah. This is sort of related to phobias, but I guess it's more of like you could die. On my flight out last week, I got a bag of almonds from the Delta flight attendant, and it was really tiny, and I was sad because I wanted more. Mm-hmm. And so before my flight back, I like stopped at the place and got like a big bag of peanuts so that I could like have a big you bag like of peanuts. You can't go anywhere without a story like this. Uh-huh. Well, I wanted a big bag of peanuts for the flight. Sure. You're doing it for yourself. Sisters are doing it for themselves. I get my big bag of peanuts and I get on the plane and then sit down. Overhead voice of God comes on and says, we have someone with a severe peanut allergy on the <gasps> flight. Can everyone please refrain from eating peanuts on this <laughs> flight? It could kill them. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then I watched Eric Brockovich and it was fine. You couldn't open your bag of peanuts. No, I couldn't. Now they're in my pantry. I'm going to do something with them later. Okay. This person's peanut allergy is also different than phobia. I know. That's why I don't know why I thought of it. It was Don't let me tell that story next week. Well, I might not be able to stop you. Um, Who is scared of pigeons? Is it Louis Theroux, Louis Tomlinson, Ed Sheeran, or Jude Law? I bet Jude Law likes pigeons. Oh, Louis Tomlinson. That's correct. That seems very obvious to me for some reason. <laughs> I get really nervous if pigeons are flying around before the shows, he told British newspaper The Sun. I can't stand them after one flew through my bathroom window and went for me while I was having a wee. That was enough. I think pigeons target me. Wow, staircase vibes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. Okay, this one's actually crazy. Who is afraid of spoons? Okay, Liam Gallagher, Liam Payne, Noel Gallagher, or Courtney Love? God damn it. I think we talked about this. I think it's Noel Gallagher. No, it's Liam Payne. Okay, I remember that now. He thinks they're going to be, like, unhealthy. (laughs) This is from 2015. The singer has made it quite public throughout the years about his distaste for the kitchen utensil, but as he explained to Capital FM, it's not so much his spoons, it's other people's spoons. See, I'm not so much scared of spoons. I'll hold one, Liam said, but I don't like eating with them (laughs) if they're not my spoons, if that makes sense. When I was a kid, I was a bit naughty at school, and when you were naughty, they made you do the washing up. I had to wash all these nasty spoons, and it just stuck with me after. I don't know what people are doing with their spoons. I don't want to no. Maya Henry 
Congrats, girl. <laughs> Get out of there. Get yeah, out it's true. of there. Okay, I only have two more. These are stupid. Who's afraid of indoor plants? <laughs> I'm sorry. I. It's like the internet is so stupid. Like, who is afraid of indoor plants? Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, Christina Ricci, or Ashley Simpson? I can see Christina Ricci having a million indoor plants. Uh, I could see Jessica Simpson thinking that they are dirty. So I'm going to say Jessica Simpson. Okay, it's Christina Ricci. She doesn't like (laughs) seeing plants inside and thinks they're dirty. Quote, if I have to touch one after being repulsed by the fact that there is a plant indoors, then it just freaks me out, she told British Esquire. I would, wouldn't you think that Christina Ricci had like a beautiful like plant vibe going on in her home? I would, I would. And the last one, sorry, now we're on the last question. The last question is, who is afraid of tennis balls? Who is afraid of tennis balls? Okay. Okay. Is it Elliot Page, Jennifer Garner, Michael Sarah, or J.K. Simmons? I'm going to say it's either J.K. Simmons or Elliot Page. It's Elliot Page. Elliot Page has a phobia of tennis balls and has to leave the room during matches. What did he say? Page is reprising the role of Kitty Pride, who he first played in 2006's X-Men The Last Stand for the forthcoming X-Men's Days of Future Past. And he was forced to use tennis balls as props when working on scenes which relied on computer graphics, so was able to unconvincingly portray fear. Page admitted he has always been afraid of the small balls and can't even watch tennis on TV as the sports equipment terrifies him so much. Oh, my God. That's a horrifying fear to have if you are in a Marvel or like a comic book movie where everyone, everything is balls. <laughs> everything is just balls. Everything. Imagine being afraid of ping pong balls and being cast in Avatar 3. Oh my you know? God, you would, you would lose it. But there's somebody who's always on this list who cracks me up, which is Rita Ora. Rita Ora, quote unquote, has a fear of toilets. But like... It's just like because Rita Ora is like toilets are gross. Rita, in 2012, Rita Ora f- revealed that she has always had a fear of bathrooms, specifically toilets. Quote, I always feel that when I go to the toilet that something is going to come out of the bottom, she said, according to the sun. The bottom. I, I have this thing where I think this tunnel must start from somewhere. And sometimes I think, what if something comes out of the toilet? So she's, not, again, not afraid of toilets. but of, She's but, afraid of the possibility. But afraid of, of the possibility of something uh-huh. coming out of the toilet and doesn't know how plumbing works. Okay. That's a game. That's a good game. Yeah. Let's play some quick Who Are Thems. Hi, Who Weekly. Calling about Jay Ellis, who I have always loved because he was Lawrence on Insecure. But with all of this crazy Top Gun movie press that's going on, he I'm seeing him a lot at like the premieres and all these fancy events and doing morning TV and stuff like that. Does that mean that Jay Ellis is like an upcoming them or am I just crazy because like, I love Insecure, but I don't know. Insecure was also like a landmark HBO show. Like, did he? I don't think he had name recognition from that, though. I don't know. Who are them? Jay Ellis, uh, Crunch Crunch. Jay Ellis Lawrence from Insecure, who is in Top Gun Maverick, which is out now. I was like, I, I guess I'm I got to see it. But it. the more I think about it, I'm sort of like, do I have to see it? Yes, you've been talking so much about how you're like so excited to see. You are like the most. Ugh, well, I want to hear the Gaga song. You literally were like, I'm dying to see this movie. You watched the old Top Gun. I know, You're but I hated nuts. it. You are nuts. <sighs> okay, Jay Ellis, Lawrence from Insecure. Uh, what's his name in Top Gun? Does he have a funny name in Top Gun? Is it like, they all get funny names, don't they? I don't know. Payback. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, I think he, 
this is really hard because I feel like at the peak of um, Insecure and then the end of Insecure, he really was quite famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, we're coming from two people who loved Insecure, watched every episode of Insecure. I know. I don't know that he really exists outside of the Insecure universe, whereas other well, people from yet. that show, well, not yet. like Natasha Rothwell is like, and other things, she's a writer, she's funny on Twitter, she's a comedian, like she's doing her own stuff. Like Issa Rae, obviously everywhere. Jay Ellis still seems like lawrence who's finding his wings let's say but it's funny because lawrence to me is like one of the most kind of iconic tv characters of lawrence all time. is a them <laughs> lawrence <laughs> you know is mean? A like them. if we're just talking about like it's just like you know he's practically fraser it's just like these are huge isa and lawrence are like it's it's um it's uh who was in the office it's um jim and pam uh, tim and, and, pam tim and, pam and pam. i was gonna say pam and tommy <laughs> jim and pam jim and pam exactly pam and connie rose and miles you Who's know that is that from golden girls golden girls okay that's not no, iconic that <laughs> that's like that miles is a who <laughs> lawrence is a them jay ellis You're is a who so i think funny. That that's fair <laughs> yeah okay next one hi Lindsay bobby um can you rank from who to them sam worthington sam worthington has his character jake sully in avatar and Sam Worthington as the blue person version of his character, Jake Sully, in Avatar. Um, thank you. <laughs> crunch, crunch, Lindsay, podcaster. It's like it's like art at this point. It's like performance art is calling with this bullshit. Sam Worthington, the human actor who's a real person. Sully in Avatar, like where he's a soldier. And then Avatar blue <laughs> Sully. This is... Can we say this for when the movie comes out again? I just feel like this no, is no like because it might change. Okay. As as of this moment, you know what it, you know what the ranking is. I'll tell you what the ranking is. <laughs> yeah, you tell me what the ranking is. From who to them, it goes. Sam Worthington, Sam Worthington is Jake Sully, and Sam Worthington <laughs> is Blue Jake Sully. Blue Jake Sully is the themiest version of Sam Worthington. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, that's yes. Blue Jake yes. Sully. I think people you would see him yes. and you'd be like, oh, that's the that's Avatar. That's Blue Avatar. Yes. Yes. Good. You agree? Yes. Great. Great. Yes. Hey, Weekly. Um, I was talking to my sister-in-law's boyfriend, and I was saying, oh, that's not something. You know, it was a real sliding doors moment. I was like, oh, you know, the movie Sliding Doors? Like, I've never seen it. And I was like, well, do you know the concept of Sliding Doors? And he's like, mm-mm. Literally talking to my husband, and I was like, I feel like the concept of sliding doors is in them. And even if you haven't seen the movie, you should be familiar. He was skeptical of this argument, but I would like to hear your take. Um, sliding doors, the movie, who are them? Sliding doors, the concept, who are them? French, French. I love this call. It was a little hard to hear, so let me just repeat what they were saying. Yeah. They were talking to someone about sliding doors and how they had a sliding doors moment, and their friend had no idea what they were talking about. And this friend had always assumed that sliding doors, the movie, was a who, but the concept of having a sliding doors moment where, you know, it could have gone this way, could have gone that way, could have, like, changed the path of my life, was a them. This person has been told Hmm. by two people that it is not a them. What do you think, Lindsay? Is the sliding doors movie a who? I think yes. Yeah. A sliding doors as a concept. Who were them? Yes, that's a huge them. This person interacted with two people who said, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. 
I think Sliding Doors as a concept is a them, and I think Sliding Doors as a movie is kind of like sinking into who. Because also, when people go back to watch that movie, it's not as good as you remember. And Sliding Doors as a concept is a good concept. It's a fine movie. Being like, I could have had brown hair or short blonde hair is like very, very important. And like, not, and that movie is not. <laughs> You know? It is one of the funniest movie posters imaginable because it's just like, in one world, she's blonde. But in this world, she's fucking brunette. <laughs> yeah. That's why you need to have a visual, you need to have a visual, like, difference between the two, sl- the doors that slid. Also, the sliding doors is subway, right? <laughs> yeah, subway. Door. It's a, it's the tube. Yeah. Which is the ultimate sliding door. Right. Me slamming my hand on the closed subway. <laughs> oh! You know, like, classic, like, no! You know? And then everything changes. To quote Sarah Bareilles, everything changes. Yeah, I become I become a brunette or I become blonde. I don't know. I've been both. Nothing really changed. Well, how do you know? Because I've been because <laughs> I've been. Oh, I don't know. Because I don't know. Exactly. You're right. You know. You I don't, don't know. know. In another world, there's me somewhere else without a podcast. You remained blonde. God, bleak. What was I do? What would I be doing? Even <laughs> you remained blonde. Dental insurance. I'd have it. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's blonde and has dental insurance. (laughs) Dental insurance. (sighs) This version of reality feels very similar, but I've noticed that Lindsay isn't complaining about dental visits anymore. Also, her teeth look amazing. (laughs) Her teeth look incredible. It's so crazy. Shit. She looks great as a blonde and her teeth. You know what movie I want to watch again that I haven't seen in a long time? Speaking of Gwyneth Paltrow, 1990s, early 2000s. Bounce. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Bounce is Bounce. good. What's Bounce again? Bren Affleck? They like, they're on a plane together. It's about the plane crash. Oh, I have not seen, I don't know. I've never seen this. Ben Affleck gives his seat on the plane to this dude. Mm. And the plane that Ben Affleck was going to go on crashed. And Gwyneth Paltrow's Oof. husband was on the plane. Final Destination vibes. It's Final Destination vibes. So there's sort of, you sort of have a sliding doors moment in Bounce, but you don't see the other version. It's just like, oh, the sliding door or the closing door that changed Mm -hmm. everything. You know who also wrote, the the writer who wrote Bounce, you know what he also wrote? What did he write? Single white female. (laughs) Oh, that's good. And ready for something else that's iconic? Marley and Me. He wrote Marley and Me? Oh my God. This guy wrote Marley and Me, Boys on the Side, Single White Female, The Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Society, and Bounce. I love Boys on the Side. Have you ever seen Boys on the Side? Oh, he also wrote, he also wrote and directed The Opposite of Sex. I love Boys on the Side. Boys on the Side is like, your aunt loved that movie in the 90s. <laughs> And you had to I see loved it. that movie in the 90s. Okay, well, I loved the movie in the 2000s, and I loved that movie in the 2010s. Yes, are you and kidding? And that's the, the reason why when I saw fucking Drew Barrymore interview, um, uh, what's her face? Mary Louise Parker on her Tid show. Mary Louise Parker, HIV positive, singing You Got It at the end of that movie to Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my God, just gut me open. I'm just saying I, she was interviewing her and Mary Lou's Parker was talking about Drew Barrymore at the time of that filming and was like, you know, we'd all go away for the weekend and we'd come back and we'd be like, how was your weekend? And you would always be like, I got married. And Drew started laughing and she's like, yeah, one time I did get married over the weekend and Whoopi Goldberg yelled at me. That was peak Drew. That was That was peak like sunflower, blonde hair, short hair, don't give a fuck, tattoo Drew. She was in like a really messy relationship in that movie, remember? She was in a really yes. messy relationship. But she played that so well. She was in her 90s mess era. <laughs> she was mess. She was mess. 
Okay, so sliding doors, the concept is a them. Sorry, <laughs> Boys Colin, on the you're side, around the, the movie wrong people. Is good. <laughs> Boys on the side, the movie is a bit of a who, but if you if you were an aunt or an uncle in the nineties, you loved Boys on the Side. <laughs> okay, just an aunt, honestly. <laughs> if you were not in the nineties, you would love. You know, other movies. If you were not in the nineties and you loved it, what you it was a them. What? Waiting to Exhale. Yeah, definitely. I told you oh, this. Definitely. I was watching Waiting to Exhale. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in years, and not I was watching as good Waiting as you to Exhale. First of all, oh no, it's a good movie. Mm. Oh, it's a great movie. Okay. But the weird thing about Waiting to Exhale, it's the thing is Waiting to Exhale is defined by the Angela Bassett setting the car on fire, but that is not really tonally representative of what the movie is. No. Um the movie sort of presents it as like they're all in the middle of midlife crises. All but one is younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh cool. I'm outgrowing Waiting to Exhale. Yeah. That's a double feature. Waiting to Exhale and Boys on the Side. Oh. Are we done? Yes. Yes. Thank you for calling in at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for our call-in show. Keep listening. Uh, support us on Patreon.com slash Who Weekly for bonus episodes, newsletter, Discord server, and more. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant for researching and editorializing. Thank you for DJ Louie for having me on the Pop Pantheon, Pop Pantheon this week. Did you hear it? Hear it last? Yeah, no, I, haven't, I actually haven't heard it yet. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. And then yeah. what else? I saw if I listened to Kate's episode about Shania Twain either. Oops, sorry, Kate. I was about oh, to. Oh, so Forgot good. to listen. You'd love it. You're going to love that. We'll see you on Tuesday. Happy Memorial Day weekend if you're celebrating. Hope you enjoy the beach. And if you do go to the beach, wear sunscreen. Bye. Bye. Yeah, don't forget to wear sunscreen. One look from you. I drift away. I pray. That you are here to stay Anything you want, you got it Anything you need, you got it Anything at all, you got it How many can-cans can Candace Cameron's can-cameraman can? Hi, Who Weekly. This call is for Timmy. If you aren't Timmy, just carry on. Okay, Timmy, I'm begging you, get these two to stop talking about Diane Warren. I This is a Diane Warren podcast now. I don't know if it's just I can't keep track of it. it's the main show or if it's the Patreon, but it is truly out of hand, and only you can save us. Um, appreciate you. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Hey, Who Weekly. This is um, prompted a week late by your discussion of the, like, new Diane Warren, Rita Ora song. Just a little fun anecdote. Diane Warren was one of the only people who correctly gendered me, um, an early transition trans guy, at an Oscar party this year. Um, and for that, she does deserve the Academy Award. Oh, my God. I'm, like, a little bit high, about to go to bed looking at Netflix. And, oh, my God, Ben is back. Ben is back. Ben is back on Netflix. Hey, I I just watched Ben is back. And Ben, it's, 
he's not it's not about gay um it's not about gay at all i makes me rethink every Ben is back reference you've ever made uh Ben is not gay. Sky Ferreira is American, not British, not Australian. I I can't believe this. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Who Weekly. So I think I can make the argument that Dumois is is a them, but Melissa, Melissa is a who. Okay. Crunch, crunch.